You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast, recorded in Kingston, Ontario at CFRC 1019 FM, Canada's longest-running campus community radio station. All right, uh, one week to go. We're in the final countdown. The Oscars are about to to hit, and you better get your Oscars ballots in. I still have to do mine. Uh, yes, you got to do. I got to do mine. Um, we've had quite a few entries so far. Oh, good. Um, but just to remind people, we will, I will post it up on our social media again this week, just in case you can't find the link because it's hard to kind of just say on the show. But it'll also be in the description of this podcast episode. I'll put the link in there as well so people can go right there. Because this is the last... This last week. Friday. Friday. I said Friday because I need time to organize it because I have to actually keep track. Like, I don't think people realize, like, it's a manual system. Spreadsheets. (laughs) Spreadsheets. Like, I have to write it all down. And um, But, yeah, it's been good. We've We've had some good entries. I think... I'm trying to remember how many we had last year to compare it. But I can't remember how many entries we ended up getting last like year. Twenty. Yeah, I thought it was somewhere between like twenty and thirty. But we're already we're already at twenty three. I think that's pretty good. So so pretty good. And I expect a lot more to come in this week because people do like last minute. Yeah, they're catching up, watching the movies they can. watch. Yeah, there's still a few more I have to try to watch between now and then. But this is your last week to fill that out. The Oscars are coming. Um, I'm actually pretty excited because I think it's harder to predict this year. I think there's a lot of things that I'm just not sure well, about. Well, Keen is really uh, swooping up all of those. So is Brad Pitt. Yeah. at the So the BAFTAs just yep, BAFTAs happened. Yeah, BAFTAs just happened. Um, Brad Pitt won his award. Joaquin won his. Yeah. So uh, we'll see. It's going to be very interesting to see how this ends up shaking up. But I think... I think Brad Pitt's a safe bet. Probably. But I, but is there... like I, to, to me, that's the only safe bet. Like, I, I can't even 100% say Joaquin Phoenix is going to win it. Because you always get lulled into that false sense of security when, you know, they've won all the other major awards. That doesn't necessarily mean he's going to win the Oscar. And the Oscar is so different. Like, I, I still could see the voting in mass being like, okay, he got nominated, fine. But it's not a real not movie. Win. Yeah, I could still see that happening. I don't know. We'll see. But this episode is going to be filled with that. We're going to preview the Oscars. We've got a couple fan questions to to kick the show off. We got some interesting things. I think this is the first time this has happened, actually. There was demand for a specific review. There were several different people who wrote in and, and sent direct messages to Instagram, I think, asking us to review something. And because I love you all. Taylor reviewed it. I did. But I want to know, why do you hate me so much um, that so, I had to do this? So those of you who don't know what, what we're talking about, this is the Taylor Swift documentary. It's only appropriate that Taylor Curry reviews Taylor, Curry Taylor Swift. Taylor will be can giving I, her review. Can I Taylor tell you, Swift. every time Taylor Swift trends on Twitter, part of me thinks, like, why am I trending on Twitter? And then I realize, no, it's an actual You realize real, you're not Taylor Swift. Yeah, I'm yeah. not. Um, <laughs> A celebrity, but I do sometimes have those moments when she trends, and I think, why, why am I trending? For the first ten or so years of her career, I thought she was Katy Perry. Like I got them confused. They don't look anything alike. It was, it's not that I'd never really seen them before. It's more just like their oh, music. Oh, if it was like, on the radio, yeah, like, like, this like, is a Katy Perry song. And then, and I was, yeah, and and I kind of confused the two of them. So. Yeah, and apparently they they hate each other or something. I don't know. I think there was a feud. I don't know. It's hard to keep track of I just don't care. who's fighting with who and why. <laughs> yeah. So So there you go. That's that's our review to for today is is Taylor Swift's Netflix documentary. Yeah. <laughs> Reviewed by Taylor. Uh headlines are making a return as we yeah. do not a great plan a little later in the show. Uh as I said, we've got some fan questions. Tyler Vance has written two pages, so I'm gonna That's gonna stumble, take half an hour right there. That. Um actually the, he wrote it last week and I missed it. <gasps> I, How I, could you do that I to don't him? know. I somehow missed it coming through. It's totally my fault. I have no idea. And I luckily I saw it this week. So we've got his fan question. We've got another one. Um, but yeah, mainly the requests for the Taylor Swift movie review. We've so had like, some, like very rarely someone might write in and say, are you going to review X? That does but happen. But they never, they're never like, like never like, multiple people. I'm pretty sure it was same. eight people. Because I know three people, three people for sure emailed who normally email us, um, just asking that question. And then I know I got at least five 
direct messages on Instagram. And I hadn't posted on Instagram <laughs> so actually this weird. whole week. I was so busy. I hadn't really posted much for the show. And those kept coming in. And at first I didn't answer them. I'm like, why do people keep messaging us? What is going on? Who do they think and, we are? Yeah. What, can, what confusion have they exactly, made like, this Do time? they think we're the screening room again? Like normally when we get messages, <laughs> that's what it's about. But no, the request came in for this thing. And I didn't even know this was a thing. It came out, I think, Friday. Oh, so it just it's brand came new. Out. It's oh, brand new. Okay, so maybe people watched it and said, "Like, are you going to review it?" And, and yes, we are. <laughs> there you go. That's our review this week as we get set. Um, also, my pants are too big for me. I don't too much squash. I, no, <laughs> no, these are old pants, but I didn't realize I was wearing them until I I got to the station, and they're too big. And it, it's really uncomfortable. Uh-oh. Like, I'm sitting here really uncomfortable. You're, like, very aware of the I'm fact I'm very aware that these pants are too big for me. <laughs> and these pants, like, I know what they are. And, like, I know. But I have, like, blue pants like this. Like, I just So have, did you think they were a different pair? Yeah. No, I just grabbed a pair of pants. I didn't think about it. I just, like, threw on a pair of pants, like, leaving the house this morning. Like, it wasn't even, And I went all day not knowing it until I sat down here at You're the like, station oh, and went, these feel roomy. weird. This is like, yeah, this is roomier <laughs> than I'm used to. Like I have to hold, I have to like, they're like hiked up to like my belly button. And it's just, I just thought I was share that. Paint you really a visual un- picture, I, Yeah, I'm very guys. uncomfortable um, right now. But there you go. Yeah. That's, that's my day. <laughs> Mondays, <laughs> Ty- Tyler Vance sends a whole novel and my pants don't fit. All right. <laughs> Ready to hear from Tyler? Oh, I'm ready. <laughs> this is a. I don't know if our listeners are ready, but I sure you know what's am. No, funny. I even pre-read these. Like and you I try still to pre-read can't read them. Yeah, I try to pre-read questions, and I make the font nice and big, but still, my mouth just moves too fast. We watch movies here because we can't read. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's why we're that's not part. a book podcast. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I read books. <laughs> okay, I just don't have to read them into a microphone and then answer whatever these half questions are. Because Tyler never asks questions; he more makes statements they're for like you to like dance around. Yeah, and they're so like. Anyway, this is this is good though. He he okay. wrote he wrote about our discussion about Greta Gerwig. Great. So this goes back to our direction discussion. So hello again. It is I, Tyler Vance, here to wax poetic over the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune once more. Now, why does he have to do that? Do that. <laughs> why can't you say? So this is how this sentence would be written. Hi, this is Tyler Vance. I'm going to write another long thing because you guys keep making fun of me. Here it is. Like, why <laughs> do you have to? Because anyway, he's a poet. He's a Mike. poet. I love Tyler. It's just, here we go. Actually, I'm here regarding the call to action on Greta Gerwig's absence in the best director category. Is it a snub or was her directing simply subpar? I actually have a hard time identifying exactly what makes good directing versus bad directing. For instance, the chronological swaps that you folks reference as a mark against her as a director credit, I wouldn't associate with directing, but rather with an aspect of screenwriting. The jumbled Hmm. timeline was inherent to the screenplay, which Miss Gerwig did not receive or did get a nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay category, and so I would count that as not a directing choice per se. Now, I, I do see what he's saying, and actually his next paragraph, him and I actually agree, I'll read what he says makes a director, because to me a director is a world builder, and right. everything within it needs to have some sort of, it needs to make sense together, it yeah. needs to connect, and and they build the world world for designers and performers to play in. However, often directors, even if they're not writing the screenplay like she did, have huge input over the screenplay, even before often it's written. Right. Now this this is, now she obviously adapted this and directed it. So yes, you, you could say this is Greta Gerwig, the writer that we didn't like. Well, then she shouldn't How- have been nominated for her writing <laughs> well, credit. Well, however, I do think it is a strong artistic directorial choice on on how to present your your screenplay and in what order it goes. So I, I, yes, I see what he's saying, but I still was say written in chronological order, and they just it's filmed, possible they just edited the scenes out. And of again, sequence. she she was the writer, so so she kind of has say on both of those, and that's possible. But like for example, Christopher Nolan for Memento was not the only screenwriter involved in Memento, right? And it's chopped up and chopped up because from the beginning he said, "This is how I'm filming this movie." Yeah. So you can write it in chronological order or whatever, but this is how I'm doing this. Yeah. This is the circle. Like there's actually a really cool YouTube video of him explaining it to people, the circle of how the movie goes and where the past and present is. But I still think that that is part of what makes a director a director. But I do get what what Tyler is saying. We may have been our 
were our maybe were may criticism of a writer. Yes. Placed. Yeah. So he Fair. continues to say, what I would say makes a, a marks a movie as an outstanding direction is cohesion. So as a director's base role is to make decisions so that every aspect of the film comes together under the same tonal umbrella. So I agree with him with yeah. that. So the screenplay, performances, costumes, sets, lighting, cinematography, et cetera, et cetera, all have to jive together into a single work that feels like it was made by a single soul rather than hundreds. So he says after listening to a few interviews with Greta Gerwig, the one done by the Directors Guild podcast is particularly good. It becomes clear that many of the amazing aspects of Little Women, including the naturalistic performances, the on-the-nose costuming, and the visually striking contrast between the golden encosted childhood versus the dourly lit present, are thanks to her steady hand at the helm so he's he's pointing out these things as right. more directorial decisions which is true tone when he lighting. puts it that way yeah i'm agreeing with him and those are things i enjoyed i did like those aspects of it um i just maybe then i'm looking at this more as a cohesive piece because she was a writer and director and kind of putting it all under her and saying the chronological jumping to me changed some of the tone of the action like, I didn't find that – Beth? Is that the name of the – The one who dies? Yeah, who dies. Beth? Yeah, Beth. Beth. I didn't find Beth's death as emotionally powerful, powerful as it could have been if if it was a little bit more of a you – did, you didn't really see it coming and it wasn't – like, I think the reason why Little Rim Woman was written in a way of, like, she gets in trouble at one point in time health-wise and then recovers is so you won't see her death coming later. Yeah. So it's more of a shock to see, oh, and then this character dies after recovering from from an illness. Um, so I don't know. To me, that still has some directorial decision into it because that's a huge tone factor for the entire emotional arc of the movie. But I do get what he's saying logistically. Well, Tyler gave a really good – I've never had anyone explain to me like what a director does better than Tyler. Yeah, it was a great explanation. It. So yeah. in that way, maybe – it was a snub, the way he puts it, in terms of tone. But again, I I don't like, like, artsy-fartsy. So the thing how he said, like, the lighting's different when they're adults. It is. That's it's, something it is that more, I wouldn't – I don't like that. It, like, I did notice that. It is more almost like a golden-y tone, and very when, vibrant in when the they're past on the beach, when they're young. When they're adults, it's, like, really, like, wah, wah. Yeah, because, you know, and that's supposed to represent – childhood whatever but again unless tyler says that or you pick up on it like someone like you goes to the th you're just admitting oh well, i i don't that's not something i care about yeah it's too artsy well and i think that's that's fair and i think that should be taken into account because it's like some of the weird decisions we've pointed out in other films where it's just like it's almost so artsy that it's insisting upon itself yeah, it's like making it, just... it a big thing i don't know i mean Tyler has made me reconsider Greta. So good job, Tyler, on that. Do I still think she's, like, the best director in the world? Not really, especially also considering that it's a period piece. So it's easy yeah. to make the costumes look nice and yeah. the scenery look good. I wouldn't necessarily credit the scenery and costuming stuff because to her yeah because i think we've seen good examples of that even in like not great movies like that movie that we reviewed last year i know i know i saw it um it was the margot robbie saoirse ronan period piece the one about um the mary two. queen of scots yes that the costuming was incredible in that not great movie and like production design was oh good. for sure and it was a you know that's a mediocre. It's a mediocre the film. The difference is like this is not a mediocre no. film. No, I don't. So, I, know. I actually agree it was a pretty good and film. And it's deciding who's who's at credit. Yeah. And if Greta Gerwig is the one where who made it not mediocre. Yeah. Then, yes, she should have. She she deserves the best best director nomination. And like with any time we talk about the Oscars or anything. I always come down to it's supposed to be best. So to me, was Greta Gerwig one of the best, like five best directors of this year? And the answer to me is still no. That doesn't I would necessarily take mean the director of the farewell over yeah, her. Yeah, mentioned that. Yeah. If we were like you know feeling that we need a woman's nomination, which that we should have, that would have been your pick. That would have been my pick. Yeah. Personally. And I just think, 
yeah, the Oscars, again, it's hard. It's hard to pick best art anyway, and it's all very subjective, and the Oscars and us don't agree on anything. Yeah. But if I, even if I were to put together my own art Oscars, like here are the five people I would nominate for best director of the movies I saw this year, and I did see Little Women, I still think Greta Gerwig would be like seven or eight on my list, like wouldn't make it into the top five. Because I just, there was just too many things about it where I, what that took me out of the moment yeah. that made me be like, this is a film, which I think a good movie makes you forget for a moment. Like 1917, which really immersed you into mm-hmm. it, which is the type of films I like. So again, I, that that's kind of where I stand on it. Um, he finishes off, ish, he has three, you know, postscripts, he has three of them. <laughs> So to make a soliloquy even longer in my attempts to make it short, I think she deserved a nod for Best Director as a true master in the management of tone, which he made a good argument for. I will give him that. He made a good argument about tone. Yeah. Um, Whether she was left out due to uh, gender, age, or the bad luck of making an amazing movie the same year both Scorsese and Tarantino came back to play, who knows? And... Bong Joo Ho. Oh yes, Bong, uh, Bong Joo Ho. Yeah, for like, Parasite. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, how do you compete against him? Yeah. He finishes by saying one thing for sure, though. I'm very excited for whatever she does next. Sincerely, Tyler, the poet that doesn't know it, Vance. <laughs> and I will say, like I even said before, Little Women, that I there was an even though I didn't like Lady Bird, there was enough in there that made me excited to see where Greta Gerwig could go. And Little Women makes me even more excited too because. Yeah. I think she's getting better, but that doesn't necessarily mean she's up there yet. She reminds me a lot of Sofia Coppola mm. in terms of like tone and also we haven't seen Sofia Coppola in a while. That's true. So, hey, Nikki, I just named a female director. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about Nikki. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, and Sofia Coppola, that's, that's even pulling out of like not necessarily the like, like if, if you name female directors it, right now, yeah. I don't think she's, she's because she hasn't done anything in a while. I don't think she's one that people like have on the right. tip of their tongue like Greta Gerwig is. Um, even though Greta Gerwig is in like th- three movies. I don't know why people That's are it. like it's not like she's done a lot. Like Kay Cannon has done more as like a writer and, and director with the pitch know. perfect movies. I like there you go. I just named a writer female there writer. There we go. <laughs> um so yeah. We've met our token allocation for the episode. <laughs> yeah, we've mentioned our diversity our diversity yeah. quota. <laughs> yeah. Um so so PS. In answer to Taylor's question, my wife and I offered a, a consumption bar. At the oh. wedding. So he says that's it, it, pretty much it's a bar that you pay for what you actually consume. We did not elope, and I can think of at least a dozen people that would have killed us if we did not do it <laughs> invited. So there you go. So he answered the question of like, what would you have an open a bar or whatever? So, consumption. Bar. so that's an interesting. So it's kind so I guess it's like you pay only as a wedding party for what is, like, I assume it's open and only what's used. Right. You and then, then pay for it. And yeah, and the, the, the Pepsi that wasn't opened, you aren't charged for. Because you know, oh, you, all the I, okay, mix, I get it. I, like, okay, that makes sense to me. Stuff. Got you. Okay, like, because you so have if it's to, not opened. Yeah, like you don't pay for it. You don't. You didn't have to pay for the extra cranberry juice. You didn't have to pay for gotcha. the extra vodka. Gotcha. That makes sense. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, PPS. Back to Little Women. I actually think that the jumbled up timeline is terrific. Of course, he's got to go against what we think. <laughs> Tyler always likes the things we hate. Yes. Uh, it changes the story. So the emphasis isn't on whether Lori and Joe get together, but instead puts emphasis on whether Joe's uh, Joe will publish her novel or not. Okay, so that's true. And there, the, I definitely felt that this movie took, there wasn't really emphasis on the Lori-Joe relationship, which I liked. I actually yeah. liked about the movie. And I kind of get what he's saying, but I had no qu- – there was no question in my mind that that book was going to get published. Also, not to be, like, simple stupid, but the movie is about the relationship of the sisters. Yes. To me, the so book is – So is the is, book, isn't it? Yeah. Or no? Yeah, the book ends up being about the sisters. Right, right. It uses these other relationships as just, like – tools to go back to the sisters really yeah but which again the disservice to what i think this movie did is there's only one relationship in this movie that i think had had an arc which was amy amy and and joe Joe. because beth everyone loved beth like that but and beth was important but what is the name of emma watson's character because i don't even rachel i don't know it's not i don't think it's rachel it's not rachel but (laughs) but that's the thing like to me I get, and again, I get what he's saying, and I don't necessarily disagree. But, but 
to me, the jumbled up timeline also hurt those other relationships. Now I can't I can't prove they would have been better otherwise, but to me that movie at least puts, discounted one of the sisters completely. Yeah, and I think the more interesting arc, like you said, is the Amy versus Joe. To me, that's the like, most interesting yeah, arc of the whole movie. How like they're both equally ambitious, but f- yes, but um their ambitions are lived out in different ways. And they're also very different people, yeah. which I like. Like, they're very and different personalities. You could almost say that about Emma Watson's character as well, in the sense that she has her own ambitions, which is, like, motherhood. Yeah. Um, but that, again, gets lost in the shuffle. Because it's not about her. It's about Amy and Joe. And I un- I can forgive the Beth stuff because she is there as a catalyst of good. And yeah. this example of good and a real living embodiment of who the mother is. Yeah. And the sort of like carrying on the tradition of being good. So I, I get that. That relationship's fine. The mother relationship's good. Like I'm, I'm all for that. But Emma Watson's character for me disappears through this movie. I don't know her name. I can't even think of it. She marries Guy. The tutor. The, is it? Did she marry the tutor? That's uh, she marries Lori's tutor. Right, Lori's tutor. Right, okay. So she marries Lori's tutor. We're literally giving away every. Plot yeah, well, point. it's Little Women. I mean, it's yeah, the book's been around since when? Hundreds. And this movie's also been years. out for over a month. We can spoil it. I will put in the description heavy spoiler warning as we apparently <laughs> for Little Women for Little Women. And like, I didn't realize we'd be dissecting Little Women this episode. But again, that to me, Greta Gerwig took what I now it can be my own bias, but for me. I would look at as a a book written for for teenage girls and their mothers to read together. Yeah. And and movie the, the movie before very much is like I can like see my sister and mom watching yes. it together. They Greg Gerwig did take that and made it a really good movie that I went and enjoyed. Mm-hmm. When under normal circumstances it might not be my cup of right. tea, but in this instance it is. It has nuance, there's things worth debating. But that doesn't mean there isn't holes. And I do think that Emma Watson's character disappearing is a hole for me. And I do Bad think. casting. Yeah, I don't like Emma Watson either. Neither but, do I. And, but again, it's just like, it's like they were like, okay, Emma Watson, good. We got another famous person. And you'll be in Hermione. here. Hermione. Go They're off. like, all the girls who yeah. grew up with Hermione. Yeah. She's in it. Yeah, she's women. in it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have her be in it. But I feel like you could have done more with, with her in there as well to, to make this relationship about the four of them as opposed to would you disagree that that the relationship is really about two people like it's really amy and joe's journey yeah and beth is used as sort of character development yep. for joe yep which yeah and, and is the emotional climax of of the of the movie essentially even though the the Lori arguments also there is an emotional thing but but basically the characters of laurie and and beth are used as emotional climaxes yep. of moments to bring emotion in, to change characters as motivation. Mm-hmm. The the fridge thing, you know, what, what your your main character needs motivation. Put their loved one in a fridge. That's like how writers refer to that moment. So yeah, that that's that's what's happening with these these characters. But the arc, the people who change, grow, and you see that through from the beginning to the end is Amy and Joe. Yeah. So. so. There you go. PPPS. Oh, yeah. He's got one another more. one. He's got one a third more. one. Uh, okay. Honestly, this time, uh, this is his last one. The ridiculous length of this email is mostly to punish you <laughs> for the wisecrack about my long emails. You can edit it as you see fit and make it more air friendly. We never which edit. Which I, I don't do. Never. So thank you, Tyler, once again for your email. Again, I, I really – we, we make fun of Tyler, but that's how, how we show that we like people. And it's, He's a it, great correspondent. Fa- and fantastic thoughts here. Like, oh, I, yeah. I agree everything with what you said about he's making he's, – he's making me think more about it and changing yeah. kind of the opinion that and I had on it. Which I great. had asked, change my mind on Greta. Yeah. And he's changing my mind. There you go. Although I'll still admit I'm not – I'm not – holding my breath for her next movie and not to keep bringing this up because obviously i don't want to like keep you know kicking people while they're down on top of the same thing but i want this to be a lesson to any person out there who who gets as passionate as as nikki what was it yeah i think her name's nikki nikki did i have no problem with that level of passion and tyler is 100 percent disagreeing with us but in a respectful manner and, and is explaining himself. And very passionate too. Yeah, and he's very passionate. And that's okay. You can you can be completely on two different sides of something and explain it. So all I want is if you disagree with us, tell us why. Yeah. Like Tyler did. Please don't and call us sexist. Yeah. 
Or if we if we are, tell us why yeah. and explain it. I'm okay with you saying that. I mean, yes, Tyler didn't end his email with screw you, but he did a little bit by being like, I only wrote this really long, so you would <laughs> have to read it. Like, you know, he's having fun with us. We're yes. having fun with them, and you can still disagree. So something to point out. Chew on. Next uh, fan question comes from Kathy, who writes, great show as always. Looking forward to the Oscars show, which will be next week. We yeah. will go through all the Oscars and talk about every category and all the There weird probably won't be any reviews next week, eh? Probably not. I mean, there's a couple movies coming out, but I feel like we should just do it. Do, yeah. do an Oscars episode and then, then we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm thinking probably no reviews next yeah. week. Um, I agree with Mike. I don't understand the Brie Larson comments. She's lovely. <laughs> see? Um, went to see Bombshell. Great acting. Uh, the women really uh, emulated the actual Fox Network women very well. Still find it upsetting that abuse exists and goes on for so long. Definitely everyone should see it. Knives Out was also a great spoof on the old uh, Agatha Christie type mystery. Again, again, great acting by the entire cast. Thanks for a great show. Yeah, Bombshell was one I wanted to see this past week but didn't get time to. And I've heard that the that the, the three women in it portray the like Fox newscasters yeah, like Margo perfectly. Yeah, Margot Robbie. Yeah. Um, Charlize Theron. And Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman. Um, so apparently it's quite good. They're all really great actresses. For, yeah, so yeah. I, I, my question is, do you think it's easier to act a real person or is it harder when it's a real person? Do you know what I'm yes, trying to say? Yes like- and no. I think it depends because, okay, I think it's harder because you have too much frame of reference from other people. And people will be mad if you don't do the certain. And you have the you run the risk of doing an SNL skit. Right. Where, which a lot of people like said James Franco just did when they did The Room. He was just doing a Tommy Wiseau impression. That's kind of what... Um, Mr. Malik did with uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. More of an impression type of thing as opposed to solid acting. Yeah, I felt like the teeth did more acting than (laughs) you said that he did. (laughs) Yeah, and I think I think that you know when you start from scratch and there's a character doesn't exist, you you can assume things, you can create things, you, you have more control. Whereas emulating someone. Yeah, to me that's harder, but I'm sure actors would have different opinions depending right. upon the actor too. Some some might find it easier because you have something to base your performance off of and it gives you a base to grow from because most actors don't mind taking an interpretation a different mm-hmm. way. But I, I personally think that comparison in the public is, is tough. Right. That would make it hard. And exactly what like you're saying – you know, you might think, well, the teeth or someone's toupee or someone like something they're wearing does more yeah. to make them look like the character. So, so. Um, but again, it, it's a subtle difference. But, you know, Tom Hanks was not doing an, an impersonating of, of he Mr. Just Rogers. Was. He just was it. And and what I've heard about bombshells, it's the same thing is they're, they're just it. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Oh. I, that That would be my thought on it. But. People could disagree with that. Actors could disagree. Um, yeah. There you go. Well, thank you um, to the fans who wrote in. Uh, if you have any final Oscar thoughts or things, reactions in this coming week, write us uh, write us an email to screeningandkingston at gmail.com. Next week will be our entire um, episode dedicated to the Oscar winners. We'll go through each category, see what we thought. Maybe we'll say what we had picked how wrong we were. Me, zero. <laughs> um, I'm still like, I'm going to actually make a couple picks on this show. Um, as we go through, I'm going to give give away a couple of my picks and, and thoughts. But yeah, it, it's tough. This year This year is going to be gonna be a hard one. Um, so why don't we get to that review that everyone is so interested in? Uh, I don't know what the interest is about this. Well, okay. So first, first give us the overview. This is a documentary about Taylor Swift's career. So far, okay, which isn't over, isn't so, she? Isn't she young? Also, like, why is there a documentary already? She's twenty nine. She's, she's twenty nine. So she's younger than 30. me. She's younger than me. She was. She has the same birthday as me, but not the same year. And I am. I don't know how old I am. Twenty eight. I don't know. Oh, well, you're looking at me like I'm I don't know. I literally can't. I, I really are. don't know how old I am right now. It's, I, a, it's a hard day. I think I'm. I'm I think I'm twenty eight. Okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> she's younger than me, 
And why why is someone younger than me have a documentary about them? Like, all, like her career's not over, is it? No, but okay. So the documentary is called Miss Americana, and interesting. Um, I have a couple issues with this documentary, largely because of not so much your point being like, oh, she's young. Why do we need like a career retrospective? But almost because it didn't give a career retrospective. Oh, it like really, I felt it like it was like unmoored, like it wasn't anchored very well in my opinion so oh, so that surprises me i thought it w- was about her career so it is about her career in the sense that the in sort of the major thesis because when you when you're watching a documentary there should be a thesis there should be an argument in fact most any movie should really have an argument it's trying to make right in terms of the story yeah even so, a documentary usually yeah. has a point so yeah. the documentary documentaries in particular are telling a narrative and the narrative should teach a lesson or have some sort of argument to it so the argument of the movie or the documentary is that for the majority of taylor swift's career she's been apolitical because of her country western roots but they don't really go into her they don't do her career justice and giving it enough room to tell that story. So we know that, okay, she went to Nashville, made a couple albums, and then she transitions to pop. And, you know, she's apolitical and that causes problems. So now in this last album, she's made a turn and has entered politics, has become more political. But that point they make isn't until well, well into over halfway, like well over halfway into the documentary. And so every... All of the reviews, and I try. I read. Normally, I don't do this, but I did read um, very briefly, kind of what the critical consensus is. Because full disclosure, I am not a Taylor Swift fan. Okay, so um, you were trying to get a sense of like critics as to yeah, what they am felt I being about this? biased? Gotcha. Okay, you know, did I not like it because I just don't like Taylor Swift? But all of the main sort of arguments is like, wow, like Taylor Swift shows so much self awareness in and personal growth by like making the turn into politics which like that's the theme of the documentary but you didn't make that point until well over so like the first half of the documentary we're just going to totally discount like and we're only going to focus on like this the end act where she like becomes a political person and i think when you're doing um when it's like a documentary about a celebrity kind of happening in real time, my thought is that the documentary should make you more sympathetic towards that person. Yeah. yeah. Personally, I did not feel sympathy for Taylor Swift after this movie hasn't really? changed my opinion of her. And a lo- some of the reviews are saying this is definitely a documentary for people who like her, but also a documentary for people. Maybe you'll change your mind. And I'll, I'll say point blank. I haven't. Changed my mind. What is it you don't like about her? Can I ask you that? Like, do, do I find you... her disingenuous, okay. and the and she makes those like she's like, well, m- most of the criticism I'm get I get is because I'm calculated in my career. Well, you are calculated in your career, so you shouldn't be upset that that's criticism you're getting. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, she... I do know what you mean. That's kind of weird. <laughs> so she like says she says these things where she's like. People like the my number one value was that I wanted to be liked and I thought by being liked I had to be nice and then people criticized me for being nice. Well, okay, that if well that is also disingenuous because you're not being you're doing something because you think it'll make people like you and then they're criticizing you for that. Yeah. And she's like really torn up about. And she's this. torn up about this. And so, <laughs> it's like one of the most obvious things you could think of. Like, if any PR person would be like, "Oh, well, of course." So I just felt like I also felt like she people are like pr- people are praising her vulnerability. Where I'm like, I still don't think I saw the real Taylor Swift. I think that even this documentary is a calculated move. She talks about later in the documentary about how, and the things she brings up are true. So. One thing you have to I have to remember is that it's good to see different portrayals of women. So it's good that I don't like Taylor Swift yeah, in a yeah, way. Yeah. It's oh, of course, you yeah. know what I mean? But she 
I'm kind of like, Taylor, like, you're your own problem. Because she talks about, um, oh, you know, women in their career have to constantly reinvent themselves, which is true. And women often have to reinvent themselves more than their male counterparts in order to remain successful. So she admits that. Right. So in my mind, I'm like, well, this is just this you being political. It's just another career move. Yeah. Like, is it not also a calculated move? Like, is that's it also how being calculated? I. Yeah. But the way you're explaining it, that's how I would interpret it. But that's it. how I read it. But maybe people. So she, um, there's like a turning point where she goes to court over a sexual assault case where she was assaulted mm. by, or she was groped, mm. and there's a photograph of it. Um, and so, um, the man was suing her for like. A, like slander or whatever oh, for like a million dollars and so she was counter suing for one dollar just to say like no you like assaulted me mm. um and she kind of uses that as her turning point and her becoming political which may very well be true but the way she presents herself in the documentary i'm like well to me this is just like i don't discount like what happened to her was absolutely horrible and but it's just like the way like i don't know like this might be a dumb question, but how, how come – like, I don't remember hearing about that. So it did make headlines. I think it was in 2017 maybe that this went – I think the groping incident happened, like, much earlier in her okay, career. So, oh, okay. So the groping was incident young. was a while back, and then the case kind of came out later. Because in the photograph, she looks those. younger than okay. she is – like, she looks younger. And so um, she's, like, posing with a for a photograph with, like, a – like a DJ from a radio station. Oh, okay, yeah. And she says, and I believe it, because, like, just the way the photograph is, he, like, put his hand up her skirt. And in the photograph, you can see her, like, leaning away. Right, right. And his hand is So there's where... literal evidence. Yeah, oh my yeah. God. So this goes to court, and she, this lawsuit is essentially her turning point. Um, So... That I, I buy. Sure. But I think then that should have been the thesis the mo- of the, the, the moment. Yeah. That either needed to yeah. happen sooner. Yeah. That should have opened the documentary. Well, yeah. And then you work through And the that. rest yeah. of it. Yeah. So it, for me, stylistically, it didn't – like the narrative was off. Okay. If you're going to talk about how Taylor Swift has been misunderstood essentially by the media, the media has misrepresented her and she's actually more than what we think and now she's turned to politics and she had reasons for why she didn't turn didn't go to politics before. That should be the whole documentary. Yeah. yeah. Don't leave it until the last half an hour 40 minutes when I've watched kind of this her almost I don't know. Like I, I didn't. Some of the best documentaries, though, are the ones that you're you're sort of describing of what this should have been. Like the best documentaries I've seen, you open with some sort of incident, you go backwards and see yeah. things before, and then you proceed forward from that. And, yeah, and, and sort of like you sort of build around that thing. Mm-hmm. Sounds like structurally, this was a little all over the place. Yeah, I just didn't. I think they waited too long, and I think they could have done it. Like, they didn't unpack things that I would have liked them to unpack. So um, earlier in the election, like when, like two years ago, or I guess three now almost, um, like neo-Nazis were using her as like a poster child for their movement. And that and that was not talked about whatsoever. Wow. And it was because of her lack of politics they were projecting onto her like, oh, well, she hasn't come out and said she's leftist, which means she must be conservative. Ugh, right. So that was like, I don't know how major it was, but major enough that it was on my radar. Right, right. Um, and that wasn't unpacked. So like, I feel like the consequences of her not being political sooner should have been unpacked much sooner in the documentary. And then it would have made her entry into politics all the more interesting. Yeah. Um, and the catalyst being her, that assault case yeah. and her, because at the end of the documentary, she talks about how she now needs to, she sees the need for her to educate herself 
and unpack these things. Right. And like she's going to grow in her politics. Great message. But again, when you haven't unpacked your own legacy, yeah. like the documentary, oh, she's had she has so much self-awareness. I'm like, but does she? Because. And I assume this documentary was probably produced or some. She had someone involved. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, she must have so, had creative. So control. if the documentary gives you that sense, then then maybe she's because not there. The documentary opens with her album reputation, um, not being nominated for any Grammys. Mm. That was the opening moment, and I think, well, that's a completely different story than you becoming essentially a feminist. That's interesting. Because there's two themes in this documentary. One is her need for approval. Right. And the second, her entrance into politics. So to me, those are two very different narratives. I would think so. And I don't think they unpacked it in a, for me personally, in not so much an academic, but a serious, like, let's look at the repercussions. They... They mention, you know, oh, um, you know, because of what the Dixie Chicks went through. So for listeners who aren't aware, the Dixie Chicks came out against President Bush yeah. right before the Iraqi war, Iraq yeah. war. And their um, their careers were essentially ruined. So there's, I remember that happening. There's like a brief moment in the documentary where she uses that um, as an explanation for why she wasn't... Um, why she wasn't political sooner. Okay. But we don't, we didn't get really a lot of background about her growing up in the Nashville scene. We like, there's a couple throwaway lines about how they moved to Nashville and she releases a couple country albums, but she, she's probably released more pop albums than she has country albums at this point. So that excuse that, oh, she's a country girl. Like, I honestly didn't even know she was a country singer though. Like I didn't even know that. I just feel like there wasn't enough, I guess, context, yeah. which is a problem yeah. I have a lot with documentaries. Well, that's important. The context um, is really important. And I feel like this this documentary was still kind of made for fans in the sense that and like maybe not like I don't feel like they were cr- she wasn't critical enough of her past. I also she's going through lawsuits with her former producer or manager about the back like her discography like her Mm. back catalog Mm. that wasn't talked about at all in the movie in the documentary which i thought was strange because um in the media they're also positioning that as her entrance into politics or like so maybe she wasn't allowed to talk about that because it's an ongoing lawsuit might be a legal reason but um i don't know like to me like for a lot of reasons i think it didn't work for me. Mm. And again, full disclaimer, I am not a Taylor Swift fan. Um, but I, a lot of what you're saying to me, I don't know if that has anything to do with your view or fandom of, of a person. Because you're talking about the structure of what makes a good documentary and context. And to me, a, a good documentary is it, me. who like I probably know the least amount of about Taylor Swift than, than between the two of yeah. us and everyone who listens to this show. I probably know the least amount. I know she sings songs and she was in Cats. That's about of what I know. Uh, I'm sub- I should come into that documentary having a full, complete story and having a, a sense of what happened and, and some context for why. And happened. I think parts of the story were missing. Hmm. I think the fact that they glossed over her rise to fame they used kind of you know like footage of her doing concerts when really like let's talk about the political structure of nashville yeah let's talk about the racial class and religious connotations of country western music that you grew up in and now you know so that to me like i felt like it wasn't it didn't go as deep as it could have slash should have. If you're trying to make the point that Taylor Swift waited too long to enter politics, but now has, which is the thesis of the movie, then why did you not open with that and yeah. unpack it from the very yeah. beginning very of her true. career? No, I think you make a very good point. And I think if knowing kind of how she looks to control her image and spin thing, or not so much, not so much spin things, but 
knowing how she admits in the documentary how she like finally tried she finally crafts kind of her personas i'm like well if that's the case you haven't given me any evidence that this isn't just a new well i don't want to say that because i do truly believe i do 100 percent believe that her assault case was a catalyst for change i do that is very evident in the movie but without the lack of context the argument they're trying to make to me fell flat Mm. and people are just going to praise her for the things she says in the last 20 minutes of the documentary well then it should have only been a 20 minute documentary right right Right? like it should have only we didn't need the first half if you're only gonna look towards those that amount of time then what was the point of the rest of it it was an hour and 20 minutes and maybe 40 maybe 40 minutes was like the meat and the rest was Hmm. i don't like let's then let's critique the pop industry like let's make some real statements about um, public relations and spin and um, appealing to the common denominator. Like, let's let's do it. Let's unpack it. If that's the point you want to make, let's make it from the very yeah. beginning. Yeah. But she didn't. Yeah. So in my opinion, this is not a documentary worth watching because it didn't tell me anything new. Mm per yeah. se you know if you're a fan of taylor swift you're gonna like it because it does give you um footage of her um writing her new album so oh, okay so in, so fans will get something out of fans it. Yeah. are gonna enjoy the behind the scenes yeah. you'll get maybe some shots of the um you'll get some shots of her concert footage but if you're like me who doesn't really who doesn't have an emotional connection to her and is sort of critical of the image she's presented thus mm. far in the media. Personally, I don't think you're going to have much watch the last 40 minutes. Yeah, right? Yeah, like that's, that's like, a, if, yeah, you wanna, yeah. if you want to, if you want to see some interesting political discourse and some, see someone kind of have their political awakening in real time, watch the last 40 minutes. Otherwise, mm. You're just gonna get Taylor Swift writing an album. So otherwise, skip it is what you're yeah. saying. If it, unless, and I'm unless, sorry to all. Yeah. I um, I'll be honest. I assume it was a l- largely ladies who wrote in. I think it. I yeah. I think yeah. So. I think it was mainly. So I apologize to all the ladies who. Um, I'm gonna be. It's like when people think, oh, Taylor hates Disney. I feel like probably. <laughs> The girls who like Disney maybe are also the girls that wanted me to watch the Taylor Swift documentary. I apologize. I was probably the wrong person to do this review. Um, But that's my opinion. I don't think it was a finely crafted documentary. And I'm surprised by the critical consensus it's getting, in my opinion. Because it's largely positive. Like yeah. you were saying, that the, there are quotes of like, you know, she's self-aware and all this. Yeah. Like, so it's largely positive. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, what what I think and what, what I want to say to the people, because we did a lot of people write in and, and I'm sure they'll listen to this and, and maybe have their opinions. I'd like to hear from, from all of you, all, all eight of you, how many there was. Yeah. Who, whoever saw this documentary, if you have a different opinion or the same opinion or whatever thoughts you have on this or and you wanted us to talk about it, let's let's – have you engage with us now next week is the oscars episode and whatever but if enough of you write in i promise the week after or or wherever we can find time we will dedicate half the show to your fan questions about this documentary taylor can respond i if enough of you write in i will watch it between now and then and we'll have a discussion about it but i would like to hear from you so if you saw this documentary if you liked it if you agree with what taylor's saying if you disagree with what taylor's saying whatever send us your thoughts and to the eight people who who wrote into us tell us what you thought about it i'd like to hear from each and every one of you and if that means we have to have a taylor swift documentary themed episode then we will but this if if the opinion out there you want us to do it and you're disappointed by taylor's review let's hear from you and why it's kind of my i guess one of my biggest complaints is that maybe the documentary is trying to be too many things um which can hurt a doc which can hurt like it's trying to be like like oh taylor's changed and also let's introduce all of these political topics but we'll only introduce the political topics at the very end and we're going to focus on she talks about her eating disorder at one point and she talks about her feud with kanye west all oh yeah i heard things, that, I, that yeah. i've heard about yeah i'm i don't know like it just seemed like it didn't do a good enough job i know what they were trying to do 
And I just don't think they did a good enough job connecting the dots. So the director, um, Lana Wilson, I'm just looking at her sort of history. She's actually a producer. She's done a lot of TV producing stuff. She's actually done a few documentaries, um, but but nothing that has, I think, really – the departure is saying is like her biggest documentary that she's done. Um but that there's not much in even her filmography. So again, you're talking about being too many things. One often error of filmmakers at the beginning of their career is they're not they want to do it all. Yeah, they're they're not able to really pick. Maybe it's a skill. Maybe it's more just experience where they're just picking certain areas and focusing on it. And may, maybe that that happened as well. Maybe it's not all. Again, I'm going to assume Taylor Swift had a big hand in writing how this would go and figuring out the trajectory of it. Or but like maybe at the very least vetoing yes, things she didn't at the very want included. Yeah. So, so at least, you know, you can also look at the creative team to a young director who's kind of getting started of like maybe that's the learning opportunity for her is you've got to pick certain aspects as or it becomes a jumble nest, which it sounds like it became that throughout this. Yeah, just in my just a mess. opinion. Well, again, like I, I'm serious about this. If if enough things come in. Because I know she has diehard fans. Yeah. Like it's like people who love Beyonce. Yeah. They ride or die for Taylor Swift. So, so. the February 11th episode is, is going to be our Oscars episode. Yeah. But the February 18th, so after the long weekend because it's family day here in uh, in Canada, that episode will dedicate to, to Taylor Swift if we get enough write-ins and if there's passion about this like you're saying if she has a strong passionate fan base and if people are this interested we'll we'll address it and we'll talk about it yeah and i think that would be really good yeah okay well there you go so that's the taylor swift netflix documentary i can never in my life would have thought i'd be reviewing a taylor swift documentary officially a skip lie. it yeah. <laughs> and there you go um so we're we just have quick time to go into um not a great plan so here's our little opening and then we'll go right into some headlines It's time for everyone's favorite segment, beloved by every single listener, Not A Great Plan. Let's do a head count here. Your brother, the demigod, a super soldier, living legend who kind of lives up to the legend, a man with breathtaking anger management issues, a couple of master assassins, and you, big fella, you've managed to piss off every single one of them. That was the plan. Not A Great Plan. That's right, it's not a great plan where we take a look at headlines and current movie news and see what Tony Stark thinks of them. Here's our first headline. Oh, wow. Owen Wilson is co-starring in Disney Plus's Loki show. Not a great plan. That was a good... Oh, wow. 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 <laughs> that was good. That trying that. to that do my really, Owen Wilson. That was really good. Um, yeah, I heard he's going to be in Loki. I just... I don't know. How? Yeah. <laughs> In what capacity? Like, like a starring role. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he does have that, like, Loki's kind of off the wall, crazy, right? Like, he's, like, over the top, right? In a way, like, but, his schemes. And then Owen Wilson's kind of like the, oh, wow, can't can't believe that just happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind, like, of, like side, kind of like the, the side guy. Yeah. Man, I don't know. They, no, like, and maybe, and I don't know, I... I'm, I I kind of like Owen Wilson in the the um, Wes Anderson sort of yeah, universe. Yeah. Owen Wilson, where he's he's funny, but in a subtle way. Like I think Owen Wilson really he fits that subtle humor. He kind of always seems humor. like befuddled. Yeah. Like he's just kind of like yes, going, like, yes, in like charmingly befuddled. Yeah. is the kind of yeah, and it's yeah. I, I'm interested, but I don't. I I am. I have the same way. I almost have no opinion on this because it makes me go. Oh wow! Like, yeah, that's, like, that's, oh, lit- that's oh, wow. literally that's literally all like, I think about it. Yeah, and there's very, very little known about the show. That's like yes, there's very little. Even the this the thirty second TV spot, which ta- uh, for the Super Bowl that happened this weekend, sort of previewed the three big yeah. MCU things. And WandaVision got a lot in there, and a little bit of Captain Falcon. Um, not Captain Falcon. That's a different thing. The, the Captain America spinoff with Falcon <laughs> and stuff. So. But but Loki got one line and one sentence and one look. So is and Tom that's it. Hiddleston going to be in yeah. the show? Yeah, he's Loki. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, there you go. Okay, what's the next headline? Peacock's bizarre Saved by the Bell reboot has a cast. Not a great plan. 
Yeah, this is very bizarre because they keep bringing back these things. But yeah, now Saved by the Bell. So it's even more. I didn't even write down the names of the actors because I apologize. To me, they're like nobodies. Like mm. they may, they're young people, so oh, they okay. may very well be like famous in their own. So right, I assume but... they're gonna do like uh, here's a here's a new class of young people, and then the old older. So actors this is why the show is. There. Bizarre. Like, the plot itself is bizarre. So, first off, Peacock is a streaming service, if people aren't aware. It's the NBC NBC. slash Universal's streaming service. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that NBC and Universal have merged. Yes, they Um, one one, I think. I actually think one bought the other. Okay. I'm pretty sure Universal or NBC, like, one of them bought the other. So, the Peacock is the streaming service. So, already, I kind of, the bar is a little bit low, because this is, like, a no-name streaming service. But, so... Um, some of the original cast is returning, mm-hmm. obviously, as adults. Mm-hmm. Um, the premise of the show is Zach Morris, so like the, the original lead, is yeah. now the governor of California. Oh, okay. And he has shut down all of the low-income schools, or he's like shut down low-income schools in a certain neighborhood. And now those essentially poor students are now going to go to his old school, Bayside. Which was for rich kids, essentially. That's the premise of the show. Oh, and like one of the cast members will be like his son. Oh. So that's like the bizarre, like kind of dark. Yeah, like way, like Saved by the Bell had a lot of weird flaws in it, but it was a lighthearted comedy. It was like an after school. Yes. Like sometimes they like talked about the dangers of diet pills. Exactly. But like they got into real issues, but at the heart, it, it, it was, was a high school, high school after school. It wasn't even like. You know, like Riverdale and these things that are like very dr- dark and dramatic. Yeah. It no was one, very light. No one's murdered. No. Like it was like, you know, it wasn't even as dark as Boy Meets World. Yes, which got which did get dark really and more. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Like I don't know. It's it sounds strange. It sounds very strange. But I already have lo- like it's a reboot. Yeah. It's on a not a well-known streaming service. I don't think it's good. I don't think this is this is going to be like a seven-season no. reboot thing. No, I don't think so. Um, okay, let's get into the last headline. Paramount is ready to reboot the Transformers movies. Not a great plan. Why? So I guess Bumblebee did really well in the box office. Yeah, and Bumblebee was was better. And I enjoyed Bumblebee. It did better on a lower budget than Michael Bay's movies. Yes, so I think their thinking correct. is if we continue to release like Transformer movies on a similar budget, you know, our return on investment sure. will be pretty good. So Paramount is now actively developing two separate scripts for a revamp of the series that could go in two separate directions. One is being written by James Vanderbilt of Ready or Not, mm-hmm. I, um, and the other by Joby Harold, who was an executive producer of John Wick Chapter 3. There is okay. no directors currently attached to these projects. Okay. So I guess they're thinking, I mean, it's like anything else. It's a numbers game. They saw that Bumblebee Bumblebee did well. It's same with like um, Knives Out did super well on a low budget. So now they're talking, they're in talks to make a whole universe yes. of Knives Out movies, which I would, I don't mind because I love Knives Out. And it was good. That would be fun. But um, I don't know. Do we need more Transformer movies? You saw Bumblebee. Like, was it? Oh, it, it was it was better than the other ones. And I enjoyed Bumblebee. But I, I mean, I don't need to see any more, really. Like, And I definitely don't need Paramount. more Transformers movies. They already ruined it. Paramount thinks that we need more Transformers. The thing about Knives Out that it doesn't bother me that they want to create a universe is they have a character they can they can center it on. They can take your, your investigator and do different stories. Yeah, with him. each movie is completely different. Yeah, but you're, you're, Daniel you're, Craig's always the detective. Exactly, it's similar with the the um, Murder of the Orient Express yeah. and the books that are around that. And, and even or whatever's name. Yeah, you you can create books and movies around this one character going to different things, and everything else changes. Like I think that has some potential, but Transformers they've already. They, they proved that it didn't really work. I think the first movie is okay. I think Bumblebee is probably the best of the lot, but that was a very self-contained thing. And I hate how they're calling it a reboot. Like, what, Bumblebee came out a year ago? Is that yeah, even a yeah, reboot? Is yeah. it even a reboot? No, it's just... Not really. They're just I, continuing but trying to re... It's almost a retooling more so than yeah. a reboot. In sports, when you're, when you're not... When you want to re... Not doing a rebuild of your team, but a retooling. So on the fly, you're making changes and you're moving things, but you're not building from scratch. 
which they're not. They're not building from scratch. They're they're taking what they think works and trying it again. Yeah, I don't know. Um, well, we've got we've run out of time, and I wanted to get into some more Oscar stuff. But Oops. hey, we're we're out of time because we Taylor Swift took up a lot Sorry, more time guys. than we thought. But next week, the full episode will be our Oscars reaction. So tune in. Please don't forget get your ballots in by this Friday. Um, February 7th is the last day we're going to take uh, in, in any submissions because we got to prepare it for Sunday. And I think this is going to be a very exciting Oscars. And we'll be back next week with all of our reactions. Go see some movies.